Not so live from Indianapolis, it's the Board Chitless Gen Con Special. Hey there, chitheads, and welcome to a very special edition of Board Chitless. Tristan's been hard at work all week, roaming the halls of Gen Con and interviewing the great and the good of the board gaming community. Um, before we cut away to those interviews, however, let's talk to the man himself. Tristan, how are you doing? Yeah, it's been lovely, thank you. I'm sat in a hotel room at the moment. It's the final day of the show and all the halls have closed and everything, so I've just nipped back here before uh, going out for a meal tonight with some people. Uh, but the air conditioning in here is kicking in and out, so if you hear a loud humming intermittently throughout this, uh, that's what it is. But yeah, no, the the show has been absolutely fantastic. Um, the people here are really lovely. Just like walking through the streets of Indianapolis, you get people smiling and saying hello, and they're all very polite and everything. So, um, uh, and the, the show itself has been amazing. It's about three times bigger than UK Games Expo. So I think last year there was about 60,000 people here. This year, I counted at 11 million. Yeah, 11 million. That's probably just the plane going out there, isn't it? Um, <laughs> it's absolutely vast. Um, just trying to keep up with some of your Facebook pictures, the halls look absolutely amazing. Like um, it's just it's like you're going from aircraft carrier um, hangar to aircraft hangar. It's just absolutely chock full of games. So how would you manage to like filter out all the noise and like whittle yourself down to um, some decent content there? You can't, you, you have to sort of expose yourself to all the noise and just like welcome it in. You'll, you, you're going down like side corridors and stuff and you'll stumble into a side room and the side room will be full of about 5,000 people playing games. It's like, it's absolutely like the scale is off the charts. And I only found out today there's um, like a football stadium nearby that they took over and we're doing gaming in there as well. I didn't even visit that place. So there's like, oh wow, the, the scale of it is incredible and the whole thrust of indianapolis or uh, the, the town indiana anyway is it's built for conventions and um so every single restaurant t- seats about a million people <laughs> like i got here on uh, on monday la- last week and um the whole city was dead because no one had arrived yet for the show so i was going into restaurants by myself where i was the only person in there and then as the show's gone on um, you go in and the same exact places are literally overflowing and turning people away and the streets are heaving. They've got outside of the convention center, that's, um, a place called Columbia Street, where they've just got food vans and music and live bands and free Wi-Fi all the way down the street. And it's just a really bumping sort of party atmosphere with millions of gamers. It's um, it's incredible. Nice. So, um, excluding the demos then of um, Gloom of Kill 4 from 1066, what's been your highlight? Um, well, everybody's here, so it's been it's been amazing going up to see like all the designers that I'm a fanboy of and getting selfie with them and um, <laughs> chatting to people like the Sadler Brothers. And I ran into uh, Adam Smith from Rolling Solo, so we've like been hanging out and going for drinks and stuff and. Um, like a bunch of other people that we've met along the way and everybody's just i think because everybody's in the same boat people are just so willing to sort of talk and share the time with you and stuff so uh, there's this great camaraderie type feeling where you meet all these industry people who are just delighted that you want to talk about games or just shoot the breeze kind of thing so it's just a really lovely atmosphere and it feels really personal even though there's tons and tons of people here like it's 
in the mornings. I've, I've been skipping the mornings coming in because it's just like a wall of flesh. It's like <laughs> everybody queues up in, in uh, the corridors and it's just insane. They have a big like American style countdown where there's a, like a, a compare on stage talking geeky and getting everyone to count down from six and rolling giant fluffy dice to kick everything off. Um, it's really, it, well, it's kind of what you'd expect, I suppose, from an American convention. Um, yeah. Very different from UK Games Expo, very different from Essen. But yeah, the highlights has been running to people like Ryan Lawcat and, you know, and uh, Isaac Childress and all these fantastic designers and um and just yeah. chatting to them and stuff. Well, you managed to uh, do some gaming with the Brady Brothers, didn't you? Oh, yeah. So they yeah. they showed me Heroes of Terranoth, which is the next evolution of the Warhammer Quest adventure card game, which obviously we're all quite fans of. Um, and it's, it's the same exact mechanics and everything, but they've kind of honed it and they've set it in the world of Terranoth, which um, has this sort of... Well, it's the, it's the fantasy flight fantasy world. So yeah. because their game's workshop license expired, they've shifted it over to their IP kind of thing. Um, and they've made like little the Bra- the the Bradys the Adamans <laughs> and Brady Sadler have made these little tweaks to the game to sort of improve on the design a little bit as well. Um, and it's all delves now, so you just get like the big full adventure experience each time you play. Um, and it's a lot of fun. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, it's a lot of cool looking stuff out there. There's loads I saw that I didn't get to play as well, like Arkham Horror Third Edition and all these really intriguing titles. There's a new D and D adventure game called Vault of uh, Vault of Dragons, uh, Vault of something. Anyway, and um, it looked really cool. It's like a card game. Looks similar to um, uh, Shadowrun, Crossfire, or Dragonfire. Those yeah. types of games. Um, oh, and nice. I, re- I really wanted to play that, but didn't get a chance. Um, I did manage to demo Resident Evil Two, which I backed on Kickstarter, which is Steam Forged. Um, Steam Forged games. So Richard Watson's yeah. producing that. Who I got to speak to will be speaking to him shortly on the show and Sweet. yeah that looks like it really captures all the beats of, of Resident Evil 2 um, so that looks like a lot of fun uh, right yeah. up my street miniatures sort of adventure game shooting zombies and running down corridors and all that kind of stuff some of the pictures look really cool sorry um, how far along um, in the life cycle is that is that anywhere near sort of like mass production or is it still tweak uh, the tweaking phase I think they've pretty much nailed it now so I think they're that I mean they were using sculpts whilst we were there. They had um, they were prototype boards and stuff. But talking to Richard, it seems like they're quite far along in the process and sort of heading towards fulfilment now, which is um, well, yeah. manufacturing and everything. So yeah, I don't know the exact dates and stuff, but I'm very excited for yeah, that. Well, one anything thing, Resident Evil is always worth getting excited for, isn't it? Really, it's one of the it's one of those IPs you can just like really get stuck into. Um, so have you been able to have a, a few quick one-on-one interviews with a few people? Who have you been speaking to? Yeah, so uh, we chatted to, I chatted to <laughs> Richard Loxham, Adam and Brady Sadler as well. I managed to crowbar um, Jason Hill from uh, Flying Frog uh, about an hour ago, just before all the con was closing and just grabbed him. So we spoke for about two minutes. All of these guys are going to come back on the show when I get back to England and we can sort of yeah. arrange to have a special for each of them. And Frank West, of course, City of Kings, Frank and Sarah yeah. managed to speak to them. They were very generous. They let me uh, demo the games at their stand. So, cause I didn't have a booth this year cause that's all these meetings. So I didn't really have the time to man a stand. So Frank and Sarah were kind enough to let me um, meet uh, the backers and stuff at their stand, which was great because whilst I was demoing other people were coming over and checking out the games and seeing the title and stuff and there's a bunch of history buffs who'd never heard of the game came over and like whoa 1066 what's this so um, it actually 
went a bit longer than I was expecting rather than just doing the demos for the guys that we'd arranged for. Um, we, I ended up talking to all these new people that I'd never spoken to about the game. So yes, yeah, I mean, it just shows you like how many people are, are crushing past the stands at any given point. I know Frank and Sarah were completely swamped every time I, you know, I saw their stand. So that was fantastic. And I got to meet more backers again, which is always a, a really pleasing thing to be able to do because uh, especially guys that, wouldn't ordinarily be able to see us because I'm based in England, you know, so these are guys who've, who've traveled all the way across America to come to Gen Con. Um, but getting to meet those guys is, it's a gift really, you know, yeah. it's, it's cool. Get to meet backers from around the world. Around the world. Around the world. Yeah, no, that's absolutely wicked. It sounds like you've had like a brilliant time out there. Yes, um, missed the family so, and heading back tomorrow, but it has been it has been great. Yeah. Oh, phenomenal! I'm glad you enjoyed it. It's like sounds like it's been time really well spent. So thanks for um, joining us, our man on the street, Mr. Tristan Hall. <laughs> Look forward to seeing you again soon. We'll be gaming soon. Oh yeah, oh, hopefully, hopefully very soon. I um, I've missed I've missed this last last week off. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so we're here at Gen Con with Adam and Brady Sadler. Hi guys, how are you doing? Very good, good, good. how are you doing? Yes, very good, thanks. Very tired, and uh, as I'm sure you guys are, oh, you're yeah. not sounding as hoarse as I'd expect no, you after... I like, stopped talking like the last hour just to try to get some of that voice <laughs> back. Just glaring at people instead of <laughs> You just shove a bunch of cough drops into your cheek and like one at a time, you can let them go down yeah. your throat and you'll be fine. Just absorb them by <laughs> osmosis. <laughs> yeah. So um, can you tell us which games you've been hocking this year? Because you guys have had two hats, haven't you? You've been flitting between stands. Yeah, so just tell us a little bit. We've been bouncing between uh, Fantasy Flight Games booth and Blacklist Games, and... Um, Doing a lot of demoing for Street Masters at Blacklist Games booth, and we've been kind of just going over to FFG's booth to talk about our Heroes of Turnoff game. Um, they've demoing it over there, but they have a demo team, so we can just kind of hang out and talk to people. Just be the star designers, yeah. and we're not, not actually demo minions. Yeah. We're, just, we're just a table piece at that point. So. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, are you finding it's getting good traction? You, is it being exciting reception? I mean, it's yeah. a really busy con. There's lots of choice for uh, backers and stuff. But Yeah, they seem to like it, and especially people who played uh, Warhammer Quest, the adventure card game. They, they've been waiting they were, a while. So. Yeah, they were really excited about it, and they, they said that it lived up to what they wanted, so yeah. it's good to hear. Yeah, so, I mean, spoiler alert, I played it with you guys yeah, and yeah. it is awesome and you, you've basically awesome. taken the Warhammer Quest mold and sort of uh, honed it a little bit, I guess, and uh, maybe refined it some. Yep. Yeah, for sure, yeah. It's little minor things, but I think like the quest designs themselves are more fluid. It feels like you're doing more each turn and like it, and the customization you have between like picking your hero and your class, it just, I think it adds a lot of... Uh, a lot of that RPG element to a small card game. So. And get players that are familiar with the Delve Quest from uh, Warhammer Quest will get a feel for how uh, Realms of Turnoff or Heroes of Turnoff will play because every, every quest is like that where you progress within the quest. Yeah, I think that felt, from a personal point of view, that, that was like where the game was at kind of thing. Yeah. The other ones were like uh, slowly introducing you to elements and moving you along the story, but the real meat was doing a delve and just getting stuck in because you get all the different monster types and everything, right? Yeah, you see more, you see more monsters coming out and you get to focus more on the combat and stuff. And it's it's less about like the big picture of like what happens after this quest. It's more just what happens in here. It's a whole experience in that one quest. I think it's it's more satisfying that way, I think. Cool. And from like a design space point of view, how is it for you guys competing with uh, the Sadler brothers from a few years ago, <laughs> you know, and sort of uh, bringing you uh, heroes and abilities and stuff? How was that experience? It's actually refreshing because when we first did uh, the Warhammer quest, it felt like 
like we might have hit like some kind of roadblocks with the design space but like once we had this option to kind of like revamp a little a little bit of it and like I think we opened up a lot of doors for design space so now you can do like you can do a whole lot more than what's in that core set so we're looking forward to kind of pitching some expansions we already have a few ideas we're kicking around so look forward to them exciting stuff okay and you've also had a demo copy of Brook City available yes uh, it was a little prototype copy just so people can get an idea what's in the game we were run, we weren't running demos in, of it but we were kind of running people through like you know how the game would play doing uh, overviews, overviews and showing them like showing them what expansions might have and giving them the theme of everything so they kind of just got a, a broad overview of the game line itself so it, it went over really well people were super excited we got lots of like late pledgers hopping on board so it was definitely worthwhile for sure <laughs> so how easy is it being keeping all these games in your head at once because you've got like brook city you're pitching you talk about street masters heroes of terror North, and then you've i know you've got like projects in the pipeline that you're working on currently which will be the ones that are in your head the most at the moment right, right? right. you're, you're writing a forefront. book or something yeah we're, we're both writing, both writing it together we're, we're co-writing our first book yeah because yeah. we i've written a book before and i've always been the writer but adam's uh co-writing this one with me so like that's we've written enough rule books together we figure we might as well be a little more creative with our some fiction, yeah, so and yeah. how the hell are you doing this is there a third twin we don't know yeah. about a triplet uh, <laughs> no, 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 he's, he's, he's canadian <laughs> but yeah i, I think the it's a challenging for sure because the reason we were demoing with you was because we haven't played here as a Terranoth in months <laughs> and we have a live stream tomorrow I think to play through yeah, it we want to make sure we don't mess it up <laughs> so luckily like I, you'll I, know the yeah. fans will jump on they're like no you can't do that well for me it works is like I, I read ho uh, rule books for a hobby like I just like reading rule books unlike some people who hate rule books you're so, a nerd like, yeah no, I'm a total nerd <laughs> I just get like I, I get really psyched about like re like revising like going back to revisiting old rule books so like catching up in the old designs well, we're, we're weird designers so. in that case anyway because most designers will tell you they hate writing rule books like it's the worst part but I think it's a, it's almost the best part for us we love writing rule books yeah. so for really sure. yeah. yeah no I, I hate that I, I always <laughs> get someone in you're not alone you're the majority <laughs> we're the weird ones <laughs> it's, well it's I think it's a different skill set entirely is, there's yeah. designing a great game and then there's the designing rule book that, where you can translate all the information that's yes. in your head and have somebody digest yeah. it more easily and yeah, that's we, why we were we, bad game designers <laughs> we have a process that's like very like boring you know <laughs> we, we, typically, we typically write as much of the rules as we can right from the beginning that way as we're playing our own game we're referencing the rules and making sure we're doing it how we thought and if we're not we fix the rule book and, and print it off and do it again see I could learn from this these sounds like tips that makes things <laughs> consistent and uh, cohesive <laughs> it also have the good or bad tips <laughs> you gotta filter through them <laughs> right I know you guys are hungry and I want to thank you for your time and uh, it's been great seeing you at the show and hopefully we'll see you at UK Games Expo thank you yeah yeah looking forward to the option cool Adam Smith of Rolling Solo Video Fame, and um, we're uh, we're enjoying Gen Con. What do you think of Gen Con so far, Adam? Gen Con this is your been, first Gen Con. Gen Con's been spectacular. It's been amazing. Uh, it's been a leg-breaking experience. I've <laughs> been walking around way too much. How many steps do you think you've done so far? Uh, I think I did 25,000 in the first day or something like that. Bloody and that's, and the only reason I know that is because my wife told me to check my silly phone and stuff like that. But yeah, yeah I did a lot. I did a lot. And uh, what was your first impressions upon walking in and seeing 60,000 people in an air hangar uh, full of games? The craziness was that 
I was already inside the uh, the exhibition hall uh, when it when it happened, so I got to watch them all run past me, and I felt the wind as like everyone moved into the it was crazy. So I just you could feel the energy, people were excited, and uh, and then you could actually feel the breeze. And it wasn't a joke; it was literally wind yeah. hitting me. I was like, oh, this is kind of nice. And then all of a sudden, it turned to like, no, no, this is bad. There's too many Freezing. people. Yeah. So it was it was crazy to see that, and uh, obviously the first day was the was the the biggest hype. Uh, moment of the whole thing and then uh, every day after that got a little bit less in terms of like, like initial excitement out the gate but, yeah but yeah first well, day was a lot of walking around a lot of visiting booths and a lot of just checking out what the layout of different companies had and games and stuff like that and you kind of you kind of learn that you need to stop and uh, drink water and eat and some of those things you forget. <laughs> yeah, definitely skipped a couple of meals. Although, to be honest, given the portion sizes, it's probably not done me any yeah, harm exactly. to skip breakfast here and there. I think I pushed all my meals like maybe like an hour or two, maybe even three or four hours. My dinner I didn't eat until 11 o'clock at night. That was Shocking. Way kind of closed, so <laughs> That's supper at that like, point. <laughs> you start going, no, games, games all the way, shut down the eating and, you know. And what games have been your highlights so far? What, what's um, caught your eye? So the ones that I've, I've uh, I'm probably the most uh, entertained or looked into was uh, first off like the Undertow stuff from Chip 3 Games for sure because I'm a big fan of their stuff. The Reckoners is a really really good game so that one's kind of like you're a group of superheroes up against a villain. It's uh, about dice, it kind of has dice in there, it has mitigation of dice of course. Uh, but you're basically trying to go up against the villain and take him down before he takes the city down. This is a co-op game. This is a co-op game, yeah. So that one's cool. Did you see Everdell? I didn't. I didn't get the chance to see that one yet. There's a couple that have had really big cues. Everdell and Villainous. Did you get to play Villainous, the Disney-themed? I didn't, no, but the one I, the one I was really excited about, and I don't know why I forgot about it, was uh, the Fallout Wasteland Warfare. Oh, the uh, miniatures game. game from yes, from Modifius. Yeah, and they, they actually had, um, they didn't have copies uh, for sale, but I was able to get a pre early preview copy and open it up and check it out, and it looks really good. Like, they, they you can tell they spent a lot of time on the IP. And I think a lot of people are familiar with Fantasy Flight's Fallout as well. Yeah. So it's really cool to see another company using the IP in a different way. Like yeah. instead of being a board game, it's a miniatures game. And they definitely come across as fans of yeah. the Fallout IP. Yeah, like they really seem way. to be trying to not just be like, oh, it's Fallout, let's just make it a game and be done with it. It's, they're really pour it seems like they're pouring their heart and soul into it. And they're also creating a really cool uh, narrative to the game so that if you're playing solo, you can actually... Uh, connect your scenarios together. You kind of have that settlement in between each of those scenarios. Yeah. You kind of build up a settlement. It kind of has, a, and I don't want to compare it to Kingdom Death Monster, but that's kind of a, a the, the campaign. Yeah, a little bit settlement of that. building. Yeah, I think they took a little bit from Kingdom Death and that like intermediate in between scenario and say like, okay, well, how many people are at your settlement? Do you want to build stuff in your settlement? Upgrade your guns. So it's not just like typical miniature games where you put two sides on the table and battle it out until you're dead. Yeah. Uh, so they tried to add a little bit more for the solo players because that's usually ignored in miniature games. Definitely, for so, sure. Like, And yeah. it requires a lot of effort to make sure that the solo miniature enemies, the AI or whatever, all work in tandem, yeah. you know, yeah. and that they can bring that together and not be too basic, like games like the D&D Adventure System games were always accused of being too basic too in basic. the implementation of the AI and stuff. So I'm definitely interested to see how, how Modifius have tackled that issue yeah so it's the last day tomorrow is there anything you're going to try and scramble to get to before you have to clear off and say goodbye yeah i'm going to probably try to scramble for well spirit islands one that i've been wanting to get uh, to look into really badly so that's what i'm going to scramble to i'm also going to be demoing a little bit myself so i'm doing some too many bones stuff and then there's a couple other ones too that i might i might be looking into but for the most part i think it's spirit island spirit island's definitely high. had like it, a lot of traction in the one yeah. player guild and yeah. online on bgg 
I'm curious as to what it, you know, kind of how What's it plays. It all and, about? There's, and there's also, uh, from what I've heard from them, because I, I talked to them today, was that they are they already have one expansion out for it. Uh, I think it's called Breaking Claw, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. And then they're planning, I, I think, on uh, doing another Kickstarter in the future that's going to add more content to the game. So that's what kind of got me going, oh, they're not just going to pump it out and be done with it. It's obviously gaining enough traction. They're going to continue to add more to it. So I'm like, hmm, maybe I need to check this out. Cool. Good stuff. So we yeah. can expect to see a rolling solo playthrough video. That's what, about I, hope. That's what I hope. That's what I'm aiming for, yeah. Cool. Okay, well, thanks for spending time with us today, Adam. Have yeah, a no brilliant problem. time at the show. Yeah. Okie doke, I'm here with Frank and Sarah from the City of Kings, City of Games. How are you guys doing today? Yeah, really good. How are you? Uh, yeah, well, yeah, good. Really good. Really tired, really hot. <laughs> it's a bit warm here, isn't it? It is a little bit warm. It's the it's a Saturday now, so you've had a bit of time to sort of settle into the show and everything. Um, how are you finding it? Yeah, no, it's been really good, really non-stop. Sarah's yeah. not stopped doing demos all yeah. weekend long. Yeah, I'm quite grateful that I still have my voice. I wasn't too sure I was going to be by the end of today. Hopefully, I'll make it through to tomorrow. Yeah, your voice sounds suspiciously good. Were you using sign language to teach people the games or something? <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of like, just tell them, just get going. They'll just do it all themselves. So I just then stay quiet for the rest of the time. She's so good at demoing now, you know, it takes like two minutes and they're <laughs> off on their plane, whilst I'm there just shouting across tables all day. <laughs> so are you finding a lot of traction with uh, Vidoran Gardens as well as City of Kings? Yeah, no, it's been really, really good. Like, obviously City of Kings has always been our bigger game, but being here with Vidoran Gardens, it's so nice. Like, people are stopping it. And I always kind of like stop for a minute when they're like, I want to know about Fedora and Gardens. Like, hang on, what? <laughs> you know, and, but it's great. Like, so many people are coming by for it. And how are you finding the uh, Americans crowd? You know, is it different from? Would you say is it different from UK Games Expo at all? The language barrier is insane. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm here speaking English, and I don't understand what they're saying. And, like, that shouldn't be the case. Well, you say that. I actually have been struggling a little bit. There's been quite a few times that I've been like, excuse me, can you say that again? Because they speak too fast, and I just can't go. But on the whole, I see. Well, well, from a personal point of view, they seem to be very friendly and very yeah, no, open. No. Like people walking up to you in the street and saying hello and stuff and smiling yeah, at yeah. you. Like you can't get in the lift without someone talking to you. And like, <laughs> I think like when you go to a lot of conventions, like the first thing is like, tell me about the game. Whilst here it's like, are you having a good day? Or like, how's the show? And it's, yeah. it's got a slightly more kind of like conversation to it. Cool. And from like a business perspective, at the moment with City Kings, you're going into production, right? Yeah. So, so we're printing at the moment. Yeah. So we're doing pre-orders of the show. Okay. And it's been fantastic. Like you always worry when you go to a convention that you know when people see you're pre-ordering, they're just going to walk by. But we have had queues and queues of people, and it's been so much better. Than we yeah, that's been really good reception. Everyone seems to really be interesting to pre-order, and everyone seems to be really looking forward to the game, which is the best we could have hoped for. So now I just have to hope that these dollar notes they're giving me are real. When they're not, they're not, <laughs> it's not pretend money. Yeah. No, I mean it looks like from walking past the stand a few times, I've had the pleasure of being able to walk the hall a little bit, and you guys have been swamped every time I've come over. So that, I mean, that's fantastic. Yeah, it's, yeah, been quite good. it's great. Yeah. Like, I couldn't ask you anymore, and like. I don't know how we could do more, if you know what I mean. It's like just non-stop. Yeah, I mean, well, are you still ready then for the final day tomorrow, that final push? Yeah, or are you one about more ready day. to collapse? <laughs> <laughs> we got the system now, you know, we get up, 
Zara goes and gets our breakfast, I go and get our coffees, and then we're here and we're ready to go. Yes. Right, cool. It sounds like you've got a well-oiled machine yes. going on. <laughs> <laughs> and what's been the highlight so far, like, as you've been able to have a look at the show itself a little bit? I guess we haven't really been around the show no. much, like during opening hours, because it's just the two of us, we're on the booth the whole time. Yeah. yeah. So for me, I mean, the highlight is always when people come up to you. you know, there was a couple that have just had a baby and they said they've been playing the game, like, whilst they've had time off work looking after their baby. And for me, that's such a cool feeling. You yes. Know? So yeah. that was probably my highlight of the show so far. Yeah, it's cool. kind of like that when people come up to you and they just want to see the game, and people that have already played it and come by and just to say that they enjoyed it is the best kind of thing that you could get out of these kind of conventions. And of course, tomorrow when the show shuts, I'm hoping that I can get bargains from all the other publishers who've got leftover games. Yeah. And that will probably be the highlight. Just take a cartload. Exactly. I was speaking to some guys today who said there's a service here where you take like. 40 pounds weight of games yes. go and dump it on them and pay $50 <laughs> and they just take care of it yeah. for you wow. so there's part of me thinking I wonder if they do international shipping as well <laughs> <laughs> and that way I can it's take my clothes back in a suitcase <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right well thanks for talking to me guys I hope you have a brilliant rest of the show and you've still got energy left afterwards to be able to handle a conversation and, <laughs> and not collapse instantly thank you very much Stockson, man, the CEO of Seaforge Games. Um, so we make cool games for gamers, simple as that. Absolutely, yep. yeah. So we're here at Essen. Uh, Essen. Oh Essen? my god, yeah. let's go Gen again. Gencon, that shows you how tired I am yeah, from, the, from the jet lag, that's yeah. my excuse. Um, and we're in the booth, in the events booth, in the for, events booth uh, yeah, Steamforge. We've we got a kind of makeshift meeting room, basically. So. It's awesome, it's a great use of space. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> With a stock and everything, and yeah, random drinks. Yeah, I was just over at the stand before, got, got all confused by going to the trade stand, but I was just drooling over all the There's miniatures and the gorgeous yeah. bits and pieces. We've done a, a podcast on Dark Souls, but we're obviously we're going to do some more stuff. Yeah, absolutely. We've got the way to landing, so that's going to be cool. So. Yes, very exciting. Everyone's excited. I've seen all the new boxes. monsters. Yeah, everyone's seen the boxes arrive now and that, so it's, you know, it's been a long journey, Dark Souls, for us, and we've learned a hell of a lot as a company with that kind of product. And, yes. You know, I think it's any company that has that kind of success has to go through those stages, you know, and I think we've made mistakes, but we've also learned from them and, and now message that correctly, and I think we've seen that with our Resident Evil other projects that just people now believe and, and trust that we are back on track where we need to be, so... Yeah. It's well, good. Can it's we talk good. a bit about some of that long journey? Yeah, like, let's yeah, go back yeah. to the very beginning. And uh, obviously, four years ago. Yeah, <laughs> is yeah, that all? Years. That's all it is. Yeah. <laughs> so four years ago, me and well, two years before that, me and Matt were working. His Matt lives in Essex and Chelmsford, so we were on Skype talking about a game. We were playing a lot of Blood Bowl. Yeah. And it was like, you know what? If what would it be like if we took Blood Bowl and took it off a grid? and had a really free-flowing skirmish kind of game. And we were yeah. like, well, that sounds quite cool, right? At the time, War Machine was quite popular, playing a lot of it and that, and there's a big miniature game focus. So we backed some ideas around. We were working on Vassal and Skype, trying to mock up an idea, and we get home from work. I was a teacher, and you know, Matt worked in the video game industry. And about seven o'clock, eight o'clock, we'd log on after, after tea, and literally worked till like one in the morning every night for about two years. Yeah. Just putting together a rule book and idea, and then we put a couple of grand in each, you know, for Guild Ball, see what happened. And yeah. You know, we made 120 on the Kickstarter. It launched that. 120 like, pounds. 120 pounds, yeah. 120 grand. It was it. Yes. It was 30 grand by the second day, so it was really Bloody strong. Bloody hell, yeah. that is awesome. For two unknowns. So from there, we were able to really kind of ramp up the business, pump it into stock, 
yeah. so that when we delivered the kickstart we didn't have this eight or twelve month wait for anything Delay. else we straight away hit retail and that's what helped us really you know we were selling out every single month we could not make enough uh, products skill ball um, and then obviously Gilball just grew and grew in the space of a year it was up to a million pound revenue stream I like it, it's insane yeah. like I'm, you know we've gone from teaching to full time on this yes. you know, and Matt you know, left this job as well and then Dark Souls come along you know we're talking to about that and it was like well you know it's a good opportunity for us And how did that come along then were you so approached Matt, or Matt's um, got a lot of connections in the video game world and we went to a license fair and he met up with um, one of his connections there from Bandai um, and we kind of said look you know, we're a new company but we've got great ideas look what we could do I remember we were able to get a prototype ready to go to Bandai in the space of four days so we had a 3D <laughs> model printed the dancer we had our sculptor working on it and overnight and we had it printed overnight and doing literally mock-up things and we took this prototype and that was the start of the, the whole journey so yeah. Bandai you know amazing trusted us and, and with the IP it went far beyond anyone could ever dream <laughs> like in the first day yeah you know we, you can't ask for that it's still the biggest uk kickstarter uh, like existing so it's amazing congratulations is, uh, yeah, by thank the way you. it's well deserved uh, so and that created an immense amount of opportunity but an immense amount of problems at the same time right, right. so and we have to logistical problems logistical problems scaling up as well yeah we're going from a you know a two-man operation essentially to what is you know what we see now which is you know a full how many know, men now is so it it's then? 45 staff over two you know uk and seattle like it's a global entity now you know we have full trade work you know global global distribution network you're an international entrepreneur now something like that yeah it doesn't feel like it so <laughs> don't feel like it but yeah it's, it's awesome so you know and then obviously with the dance success getting the core game out was was a big challenge for us we got that out and now to starting to live the wave two and then most of the wave three coming after that we're in a real nice shape basically to to start to deliver Resident Evil's coming out in November we've got God's here on the way we've Horizon Zero Dawn has been announced. That's our next big IP. Is it? Yeah, we. Oh, so we just the board games announced for that today. So we've got Moles in the cabinet over there and the Gen Con. Everything's looking great. So such wood we can continue on how we're doing so yeah, yeah. fantastic and no, I'm really excited about Resident Evil as well yeah but you specifically went for Resident Evil 2 yes you did. talked to us about well, whys and wherefores of- I think it's not a, a coincidence now that the, the, the cat's out of the bag about the remake <laughs> of Resident Evil 2 yeah and obviously when we were talking to Capcom we, we were working with them yeah and they were saying yeah Resident Evil 2 is the title you want to look at first and we're like <laughs> okay alright we We'll trust you, um, and obviously it's kind of a fan favorite anyway. It is a real fan favorite, and the fact we can do a nostalgia twist on it and that was great. So you know, I think we'd be foolish not to visit the others though. So I think there'll be some exciting stuff next year. Will so. we see the Nemesis turning up? Uh, you never know, right? So <laughs> it'd be crazy not to. That's, that's yeah. the line we always say. So yeah, brilliant, fantastic. Yeah. Well, best of luck with everything. Thank it's you. great catching up with you, awesome. and um, let's speak again soon. No worries. Okay, so I'm here with Jason Hill. Jason Hello. from Flying Frog Productions. Mm-hmm. How's it gone this weekend at Gen Con? We're just closing up now, so. Yeah, yeah, this is, uh, we're just in the last five minutes of the show and uh, you know, it's gone really well. People have been really excited. We've been showing off uh, a lot of new stuff for Shadows of Brimstone. Uh, we had the Blasted Wastes, which is the the newest uh, other world, which has uh, you know that alien blasted wasteland, but also the canyons for the old west and four new enemy types. So people have been pretty excited about that. Uh, and then we've also been showing off Forbidden Fortress, the corset, yes. which is the, the third corset for uh, for Shadows of Brimstone. 
which of course allows you to start your heroes in feudal Japan instead of the Old West. But it's fully mix and match, and so... so you, you have ninjas and samurais yeah, going ninjas, to the West. samurais, uh, sorceress, traveling monks, and uh, you can fully mix and match the party too. So you can easily have a saloon girl, a bandito, join up with an assassin, you know, ninja assassin, and uh, a traveling monk, and go on crazy adventures across space and time. Awesome stuff. We, and yeah. Some of these displays are absolutely incredible. Can you talk to us about these sort of set-piece models sure, that you've yeah. got? Well, one of, the, uh, one of the tables, the special tables that we had this year is uh, a Shadows of Brimstone table that's set on Tradera, which is the sort of World War One style alien uh, battlefield, and so uh, so as as you can see in uh, possibly in some photos, <laughs> we will attach photos. <laughs> yeah, uh, you can see that there's like a lot of trenches and barbed wire and burned out husks of buildings, and then on one side of the board we built it up with a giant like bunker fortress that has you know some big heavy artillery cannons, and so uh, all weekend players have been able to uh, have their heroes dive in and try to fight their way across no man's land and, and uh, blow up the doomsday device. Excellent. So it's been pretty fun. Cool. And what's it like meeting these players face to face? I mean, I know you do. You guys do a lot of cons and stuff, don't you? So we do, yeah. And you know, it's uh, it's always great meeting people and talking to people. And a lot of times, putting uh, faces to names from uh, people we we uh, see and talk with online yep. uh, over the years. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, it's it's great. And everybody, you know, generally speaking, everybody's really positive, and and that's great, you know. Awesome. And have you actually had a chance to look around as a punter yourself and check out any new games that you might be interested in? Um, yeah, I mean, our time away from the booth is always super limited. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, we got a chance to go around and check out some of the new stuff. I went and grabbed a, a copy of Five Minute Marvel and, nice. <laughs> and a few other uh, a few other games, uh, Thanos Rising. Yeah. Having a lot of fun with that one. So there's a lot of cool stuff out there, and it's always exciting when we can steal time to get away and pick up a game or two that we can become play a gamer up. again, yeah, not just yeah. a publisher. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And get those late night game sessions uh, in the hotel, you know, on Friday or Saturday night of Gen Con, you know. Awesome. Well, it's been fantastic speaking to you, and we'll catch up again after the show. Thank you for coming on, and uh, good luck with the packing up. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Thank you.